Hi, I'm Amy, and that's Nick. And this is Madcap. Okay. You wait three seconds. I did wait three seconds. I've been thinking with my guts since I was 14 years old. And frankly speaking, I've come to the conclusion that my guts have sh for brain. Hey gang, I'm Nick. Welcome to another episode of Madcap. Hopefully you've seen episode two and you recognize my lovely wife, Amy. How are you, Amy? I'm good, how are you? Fantastic. So this is the third video that we've now shot on Madcap. And uh, again, the second video was pretty cool. It mm -hmm. looks like some people really started to dig that, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, if you do have the chance, of course, do hit that subscribe button. We, of course, appreciate it. Today, we're gonna talk about something a little bit different. So the first episode was about me and why we started this channel in the first place. And then of course, in the second episode, we got to meet Amy and we talked about what it was like to be a couple, both diagnosed with bipolar depression. Um, and so today is a little bit different. So we seemed pretty positive and mm -hmm. like we were doing just fine as of episode two. Yeah, it was and Thursday night. So today what we're gonna talk about is being ready for surprises. Being ready for surprises is super important with any mental health issue because it's really easy to get comfortable with when things are feeling like they're positive. Mm -hmm. When things feel like everything's going pretty good, things seem balanced and everything is just fine. It's really easy to get comfortable and, mm -hmm. and sort of lazy. Um, what I'm understanding already is that being bipolar or just having any mental illness means that you can turn on a dime, really. You can actually be fine one second and for no reason at all suddenly feel terrible. And depending on who's around you, that does affect other people. Mm -hmm. The reason we're talking about this today is because just yesterday mm -hmm. we had one of these experiences and we thought that this was a perfect time while it's fresh to talk to you about what it means to be ready for surprises uh, when it comes to mental illness. So yeah, so let's so let's go back to Thursday. We had a really bad day that day. Yeah. Really bad. We had a tough day. We argued all day long. I could I was doing my thing, you yeah. know, that I do and the mornings can be tough again. And that morning started off pretty rough. Actually, it started off okay, and then somebody made a comment, and somebody else made a comment, and pretty soon it was just, like, ridiculous. Like, the most crazy screaming fight for no reason. I explained it today, I think, really well. It's like a water balloon, right? So it's full of tension, but it's holding it together pretty well, and then all of a sudden, just the tiniest little poke. Mm -hmm. And it just explodes and that's exactly how either one of us can be on a given day depending on what's going on yeah so um so that happened i left for work without saying goodbye i remember just being like i'm out of here um and that continued over the phone through the morning mm -hmm. and at some point around lunchtime we managed to figure it out right Mm-hmm. So we, we managed to like both get to a point where we were cool and the phone calls chilled and we were kind of back to, okay, we love each other again. Life is good. I think 
to anybody else, that sounds like any relationship mm-hmm. or marriage, period, right? Um, you're around each other most of the day when you're not at work. And at some point, you guys just you think little things get annoying in relationships or whatever, mm-hmm. and right? So you have these stupid blowouts. Uh, but ours are kind of heavily fueled mm-hmm. by just our crazy stuff right like we're intense people we just have like Mm -hmm. lots of extra thoughts and so those thoughts tend to build up and they don't really mean anything in fact it's not the kind of stuff you would say to anybody for any reason at all sometimes you just think stuff and it's just you know passing thought um but we let them build up and then blah they all explode at the same time and it's never really i mean there's some there's some usually something to it Mm -hmm. but ultimately it's it's nothing, right? It's not the yeah. kind of thing that like you're not you couldn't just get over if you let it go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that day started crappy. Mm-hmm. And so when I got home, I was looking for a reason to just like be distracted, like a way for us to just kind of like get ourselves out of the regular humdrum. And so we decided to do that second video, mm-hmm. which was great. Mm-hmm. I think it was really good. You even sat with me while I edited. it. Yeah. Ed- edited it. Edited it. Edited it. Edited it. Um, which was fun, right? So, like, yeah. we got to see the final product la- mm-hmm. that, that same night. And so that was pretty cool. Then. The next day, I was alone with the baby. Right. Right. And so. The baby was really fussy. And I couldn't. He, he has to have a tooth coming in. And, um,. I couldn't make him happy. I couldn't calm him down. I couldn't, nothing I did. And I just felt it rising and rising and rising. And there was a few other things throughout the day that really triggered me. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't notice the trigger happening. It's like once I get on that train, there is no stopping. Like It's usually too late by the time you notice. Late. You're already pretty wound up. Yeah, it's too late. Which sounds yeah. terrible. The baby's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, the she baby's knows. fine. She just, that just means that all of a sudden there's a phone call and it's like, I need you. Yeah, and that's what I did. I needed Nick home. Uh, so Nick came home and... But before I even got home, I l- it like she was so worked up that the day before, the argument for the day before, it was like, it was like we had never gotten over mm-hmm. it. It just, boom, turned right back on. And that was enough. So I remember driving home and hanging up. Mm-hmm. On hanging up, be like, let's. I'm not doing this with you right now. We're not restarting this. I'll talk to you when I get home. I'll be there in ten minutes. So I got home and things seemed tense but quiet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then um, I took the baby for a little bit. I started to feed him, and then I was doing dishes or something with the baby sitting next to me, and something sparked it again bang and it came right back that argument stuff came right back and this is this is exactly where being ready for surprises is imperative you have to be ready for anything sometimes Mm -hmm. um how do you want to explain what happened um i had a complete breakdown yeah that's fair i think the way i told you like i was out of my mind it got It, it was a breakdown it was crazy it was kind of crazy. We had to like, we had, we had the kid, we had Cade take the baby out of the house just to like, you know, keep things cool. And, um, it was, it was intense for a little while. Yeah. So intense that 
We ended our day at a hospital. Yeah. Here's the thing. When I don't think that Amy's insane in any way, shape, or form. What I do know for sure is that we allowed her obstetrician to put her on a medication. And then we allowed her um, primary, care. primary care doctor to put her on a different medication. To and they literally start messing with the medication. They literally just changed it. Mm-hmm. It was like one day she was on one pill and the next day she was on something different. And there was no weaning off of one or any of that stuff. And now, so she went from being on one to cold turkey being on the other one and then being and then adding in a mood stabilizer to boot which then got doubled yeah it's the antidepressant i just know that's when i'm having such a hard time i guarantee so the first thing that we did was decided that this was the last straw Mm -hmm. amy needed to talk to somebody who was better equipped to deal with this kind of stuff and make sure that they can specifically get these medications figured out for her. And maybe that meant at this point the possibility of um, having, you know... Being admitted. Yeah, but like we were thinking, the way even in my head, the way I was thinking about not like being admitted, like that just makes me feel like straight jacket and padded room. Um, But I was thinking more like just some more intense care, right? Just some more attention. Like closely monitored. Right. Even if you had to stay somewhere. So I was looking for places like a women's center where they had dealt with that stuff where, you know, you kind of come in and it's less cold and hospital-y. And so I think it's just a dream. That's like something I made up in my head because I don't think that exists. Um, I'm sure. Well, not, not, I mean, anywhere near where we are. Not where we are, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, There was one three hours away. And we're not even sure what that facility was Mm -hmm. like. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure they do exist, but they're not as readily available. So, so we called our insurance company and said, hey, here's what's going on. Um, They have a whole division that works with uh, mental illness. Um, And they gave us some recommendations, and we took one that was fairly close to us that seemed. Like they had some programs in place that could be beneficial. Yeah, it was just the first one that you kind of called and they talked about just assessing me first. Right, so that was the idea. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're automatically stuck there or anything. They're just going to do an assessment of you just to see where you are right now. But you have to pack your bags like you're staying. Right, which was hard for Amy. Mm-hmm. It was like, I don't want to go. I had uh, my husband and a really close friend of mine. She came over um my son, my son's girlfriend, and, and then the baby um, just kind of helping me pack this bag. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we get in the car and we go. Not knowing what to expect, really, right? We just thought like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a smart move. We're doing something about it. I knew that I'd gotten to a point. Because when, when Nick first told me, like... Amy, we have to we have to take you somewhere. My first response was, ah, "That's crazy! Like, how can I leave my baby? How can I leave? Like, I can't not work. I've already had to miss so much work already. I can't, I can't. Uh, even though my job, by the way, is amazing. Amazing. How much they're just the support I have from them is just, um, just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But um, it was just out of the question. Like, how can I be away from my life like that? And, right. I sat there and I talked about it and my, my good friend called me and I was talking to her. Well, Nick called her um, and I was talking to her and it was just kind of like, 
I knew I had come to a place that I had to be willing to do anything. Even if it meant I had to crawl on glass to get there, it meant I had to do whatever it took to... It it turned into like, okay, I'm fighting for my life now. That's what it feels like. I'm fighting for my life. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, and that that was enough. That was yeah, enough. losing isn't an option. Right, right, right. It's just Absolutely. not an option. Absolutely. So, so we go. Long story short, we we don't end up staying there because no. the facility that we went to was just scary at the very least. Yeah. Um, scary. Terrifying. It's really what you would imagine. I felt like we we're in that movie. Uh, What's that movie about 12 Monkeys with uh, Brad Pitt? It's <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like super creepy. Like yeah. just cold and creepy. And when you get in there, it's not the kind of place where they separate you from people who no. have more severe cases. You're in the same room with everybody. And police are bringing people in. And there's people, you know, it's just, and it's dirty. And there's it's so barren because they can't have anything there that somebody could self-harm with or any of that mm-hmm. stuff. We both looked at each other and we were like, no, we got the assessment done. Mm-hmm. And they agreed with us that um, staying in a place like that was going, probably going to make things worse no, for Amy yeah, and not better. Worse. Yeah. Um, so, but what the benefit of that was that that assessment then got us, we basically were able to like skip the line because one of the problems with trying to get into a psychiatrist who is, you know, obviously uh, better equipped to handle this like you know, divvying out of medications. Um, it's a hard thing to get into those people. It takes yeah. three weeks to get into a new doctor. Yeah. And then when you're in trouble like that, it's like, where you know, do you go? Where do you go? You end up stuck with everybody, no matter how severe their mm-hmm. case is. Y'all get bunched into the same bucket and it's not, it, we, neither one of us was comfortable. I think when we got out there into the air, we were just, mm-hmm. <sighs> but luckily, we didn't have to stay. We have a new plan in it working now, and we're gonna be fine. Yes. Right? Yeah. I, yep. I'm gonna do an outpatient program, and we got a number to a really great psychiatrist that I'll be able to see immediately because I went through the hospital to get the assessment. What's interesting, what's heartbreaking, is when I feel like I'm better, I feel like okay, it's over. Okay, it's over. I told you one day, like, I'm just kind of waiting to wake up one day and just be like, oh, okay, glad that's over and then move on. Right, like it's a light switch. Yeah, but so every time I feel that, like, there's, I finally see a light at the end and I really feel a reprieve from it. Right. When another episode happens, it's crushing. Right. And the episodes are always worse than the one before. Right. And what happens, what happens as... A loved one is that when things get so severe, even the slightest light at the end of the tunnel seems like, you know, you're, you're on your way out. Like, yes. Like it's the last, like, yay, no problem. Yeah. And then they happen again. Yeah. Um, so that's, so that's what happened. And that's why we decided that today was a good time to talk about being ready for surprises. Things can change in an instant. And whether it's you and you're living on your own or you live in a roommate situation or you know you're in a relationship and you live with your significant other or you're married and you've been with this person for years um you have to be open and honest about what has occurred and what might occur and you have to be really realistic about 
all of those things, you have to decide that you kind of put a plan in place, whether you mm-hmm. literally sit down and write that plan out or you all just decide like we have, you know, it, safe words are usually words used for mm-hmm. other stuff, <laughs> dirty folks. <laughs> um, but we were talking the other day and we decided that if we recognize or if you recognize that something is starting to feel like you're ramping up a little bit that maybe we need to just say something whether mm-hmm. it's a single word or like a hey now's not the time or like um i need to be alone or whatever it is you need there needs to be some sort of warning if possible yeah it's not always possible it's not always something that you can that it just it just comes on sometimes yeah it blows my mind how that it flies under the radar, like how you can be so unaware of it and it's yeah. happening inside of you. And it's, it's just, I think that we naturally as humans want to not, we just want to be okay. Right. You just pretend sometimes Whatever that you're okay fine. means. Well, yeah. that's not even, I don't even mean like, I just mean in general. So right. like yeah. you get a cold, you play it off for the first two days because you're like, no, no, I don't get sick. I'm not worried about that. Or, you know, it, you, we do it with all kinds of things in our lives. We just kind of like pretend they don't exist till they get to the point where it's like, okay, just kidding. I got to go figure this out. And and mental illness is no exception. Like you want to be quote unquote normal or feel normal mm-hmm. for yourself. And you want it so badly that you take any sign that feels like you're on your way back as like a sign that you're on your way out again. Like, yeah, perfect. But it doesn't mean anything. And in fact... You have to recognize as somebody who suffers from a mental illness that just like anything else in life, everything is a process. Mm-hmm. There are very few things that are worth anything in life that happen in an instant. Nothing that is worth doing happens overnight, right? Mm-hmm. It takes practice. It's like learning the, <laughs> learning the guitar, which I'm obviously terrible at because I haven't done it yet. But if I actually sat down and dedicated myself to that and really put in the effort, I could get better. The same is true in some cases with mental illness and it's because you have to recognize that you have to put a plan together for yourself and stick to that plan and as soon as you come off of that you st- you stand a chance of regressing you stand a chance of going backwards instead of forwards um and so putting that plan together whether it's a plan to get out of a sticky situation like we had yesterday or it's just a plan for like on a day-to-day basis how to get through and make sure that you have something to stick to and focus on that is all positive and moves you in the right direction is really important. It's really important, especially in the cases of being bipolar. Um, depression itself is a bear. It's a bear and it's hard to deal with. But if you start taking little tiny steps towards getting yourself out of that, you can see great improvement. Let's talk about, as a family, how the kind of things that you can do to create a plan for each other, for your loved ones, whether you're the one suffering from a mental illness or you're the one living with somebody who is, what do you think are the most important steps? Um, just noticing when the train's coming. To me, that's the most important because you can, yeah. it can be diffused before it hits a certain level. I think that in therapy, we're going to learn a lot of what those triggers are because I don't know. I already know. Well, then, yeah, you can teach me. I already know. And it's not, no, my point is that I already know your triggers, right? right? So I know that if we're having a regular argument, which is going to happen, there are, 
it, it's probably going to be about something new that I haven't heard before um, or something real simple, right? Like it's just going to be about like, no, you take the kid. No, I took him last no, time. No, clean the bathroom. That's a simple thing. I clean them. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> so, but what I know for sure is that if I'm at the beginning of a storm, I can recognize that certain topics are coming up. Um, the way that you talk to me is different. Really? Yeah. You also wow. kind of like get real intense in your eyes. There's all kinds of these little signs that I've picked up now mm-hmm. over seeing a couple of these outbreaks that are reoccurring. <laughs> and so... So look for those things and be aware as the loved one of somebody who is going through something like this. Mm-hmm. Be aware of those things. Make sure you're taking the extra time to, first of all, the, second, the, the, the most important thing in my opinion is you have to take your ego out of the equation. Mm-hmm. You cannot try to be defending yourself mm-hmm. and like standing up to this thing because it has nothing to do with you. Or judging it. It has nothing to do with you. It's not something that, like, if somebody's talking about you in those moments and they're pointing out things about you, you got to let those things go. If you love that person, you got to let those things go. You can't, you can't sit there and say, they're purposely saying those things. Uh, I think at least two times yesterday in Amy's outbreak, she told me she wanted a divorce. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you still want a divorce? No. No. <laughs> By the other not. day, I'm like sobbing at you. Like, I don't know what I would do without you. Oh, my God. Right. Right. So, so obviously, I don't go, oh, my God, she wants that. You just have to, you have to learn how to like take things like water off a duck's back, right? You just got to let them roll. Um, so that's yeah. super important. Um, the other thing I would say Can is... Can I just piggyback on that really quick please. of how important that is coming from you've had to be there more for me than I've had to be there for you. And even like the times I've had to be there for you, I almost couldn't because of what I was going through. But as for you being there for me, I know a lot of uh, people that are suffering, their partners give them a hard time for it. And, um, you know, they judge them and a lot of relationships just crumble. They can't make it through it more, more so than not. You know, it's a very, it's a heavy monster to have to be living with relationships are a lot of work already already yeah so you add this into the mix and if you're with someone that doesn't understand it it's just i would never be okay if i didn't have someone like nick after every outburst after after these breakdowns happen i have these episodes every time he tells me and reassures me that he knows it's not me and um he forgives me and he loves me and we're gonna get through this and just the support you know, of, and it makes me, I still feel like an awful human being. I, that's going to take time. It is. You gotta, you have to forgive yeah. yourself. So let, this is a perfect segue into, obviously, if you love your family member, you'll do whatever it takes. But knowing that, A, you have to be ready for the signs, start to look for those signs early and be ready. Come up with a plan as to what happened, what you're going to do as soon as you start to notice and let the other person know. It's not it's not a secret. You're working on this together. So yeah. let the other but- person know exactly what that plan's going to be, whether it's like, okay, so I'm going to have the kids go out for a little while mm-hmm. or I'm going to grab the kids and we're just going to go out. I'm just going to say something really, you know, non-confrontational and just say, hey, Now's not the time or whatever. And then we're out, whatever that takes, just kind of give them their space to kind of get through. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, um, 
again, and take your ego out of it. Don't don't allow yourself to get caught up in the fight because the fight is not between the two of you. The fight is between that person and what's happening in their head. And and you just have to be there to be as assisting as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to being ready for yourself, you have to, A, remind yourself. You have to find a way, even if it means writing it on your bathroom mirror or whatever it takes, find a way to remind yourself as soon as you come back to that a clearer head that it's not you. It's not you. It's not, this is not something that you have control over, right? So you need to be able to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Not blaming yourself. Like, you can't say, I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible mm-hmm. spouse. I'm a terrible mother. Mm-hmm. After an outbreak that you can't control, that is, I think everybody would agree now, driven by these drugs that you were put on by people who ultimately were just not qualified to mm-hmm. put you on them. Mm-hmm. It took a situation that was controllable and made it uncontrollable. Yeah. And that's not your fault. Yeah. I mean, those medications, like, they do something to the bipolar disorder. Well, yeah, they exacerbate all of that stuff. But, okay, so, and again, if your doctor says, take a medication, take it. But what I will say is... All of those medications that they advertise on television, every single one of them says suicide and all this other stuff. All these really extreme uh, uh, side effects are possible. Suicidal thoughts. I think diarrhea is always also. <laughs> I don't know why is that. A, so anyway, um, but they they come with these terrible risks, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, some people are in the position where those the the good things that are available from those drugs outweigh the bad right mm-hmm. so like if it can help you and they have been proven to help thousands and thousands of people so if you're if you're working with your doctor you're doing the right thing do not stop taking your meds ever and always listen to your doctor but in certain situations make those sure side effects are real yeah and make sure you're with someone that's qualified right Right. And that's the only advice I can give with that stuff. Absolutely. So you have to be seeing a psychiatrist. So you're probably a tough person today to talk about the plan for yourself. But like yeah. if now that you're in a at a at a clearer spot, mm-hmm. what are some things that you wish you might have had in place yesterday that would have been beneficial for you? I wish I wish you and I would have set it up before then. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> You know, we and we ready. still and we still haven't, but it's because I've been recovering all day. I mean, yeah, I we don't sleep. need to talk about it. Yeah. Again, time helps everything, right? Give yourself time and space, mm-hmm. whether it's whether it's, you know, you, you know, you just had a really terrible moment. You need to be by yourself and just kind of get through it. Focus on something else. Find whatever that thing is that you can focus on, too. Amy loves trashy television. Uh, it kills oh, me, but she loves it's it. It's so good. If you just want to lose yourself in some garbage, I mean, you will not think about anything. <laughs> it, You'll be so... It's so cliche. I don't know that we're prescribing that for you. Let's not... I, I, if you're a chick, you just, know. They know. They just know. Can you just do me a favor? Like last and, night, and, I was like, can, I just Can wanna... we not perpetuate that terrible television stuff? That would be great. So... Um, Trash TV is everywhere. It, it, it exists for a reason. It happens to be that thing that Amy can zone out on. She'll put it on and then she doesn't even watch it. She just stays on her phone mm-hmm. on the couch watching makeup videos or whatever <laughs> else. Pimple poppers or... <laughs> 
Popper, what was it? Was it you said? Dr. Popple Pimper. That's what you said. <laughs> so good. Um, Popple Pimper. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so find your find your trash TV. Find that thing that you can focus on that you know, like, all right, I'm going through it right now. What can I focus on to take my brain off of that? We talked today in the car about um, if you're not, okay, so we're gonna, I'm going to go into this on the next video a lot because I want to talk to you a lot next time about what my particular plan is as far as how I'm changing my life and my schedule and the things that I'm entering, that I'm adding in or taking out um, and what those things are and how they're beneficial to me in what way. But meditation is a big one and it sounds super hippie and super funky. If you feel that same way and you're like, oh, meditation sounds like some hippie crap, do me a favor, look up Dan Harris, right? Dan Harris, right? Mm-hmm. 10% happier. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called 10% Happier. He also has an app called 10% Happier. Um, And it is, we are not sponsored by them. This is just something that we have found works. Um, I particularly have found works. I found this app 10% Happier. I bought in and it just feels like normal people Mm -hmm. doing meditation stuff. And it doesn't feel like, oh, you know, like... Like you gotta like buy a pair of tie dye baggy <laughs> pants and sit in the woods next to a tree. It's not that right, but meditation is huge. And what they teach you in meditation is that no matter what happens in your brain, all you have to do is remind yourself, make a mental note that oh, I'm thinking about something instead of focusing on my breathing, and bring yourself back. And that is the practice. The practice is every time you realize that your brain has gone off on a tangent. You just make a quick mental note and you just say something in your head, like a soft note, like thinking doesn't have to be, it it definitely shouldn't be negative towards yourself. Like, oh, stupid. Why am I doing that? Just like thinking and then go back to focusing on your breath. And that is a really great thing to try to remind yourself to do in those situations. Mm -hmm. Because if you can just say, oh, I'm having super negative thoughts right now, but they're just thoughts. Mm -hmm. If they're scaring you, it's probably because you don't want to act on those thoughts, right? Now, some people have mental illnesses there. They have these thoughts and you can't do that. I'm not saying buy an app and that's going to fix everything. Go to your doctor. But in these lighter cases... Um, or Just your like every day. Right. You got to feed the good every day right. or else the, the monster. I, I've been referring to it as a monster. In it me. definitely is that. You know. It definitely is that. And when but, it comes out, it's a monster. Yeah. So it's just like you got to feed the good stuff. And that's what prepares you for the next episode. My therapist, one thing she said to me was to be prepared to, to be to have to take medication for the rest of my life. Um, and that's a hard pill. And need help. <laughs> a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Bing. Uh, but I mean, I, I agree with her. I realize that I've been suffering for a really long time and, um, I'm, I don't want to suffer anymore. And now that I know how bad I've been suffering, considering, like I said, I've said before that I did things and acted in ways and thought things that I thought were normal that weren't. So that's know. another, that's another good topic. And we're going to go over that actually is when you're our age, we middle-aged? What? No. <laughs> um, but when you're our age and you get a diagnosis like this after, I mean, I'm 40 years old. After living for 40 years, finally somebody talks to me and they go, yeah, you're bipolar. Mm-hmm. You go through this thing. First you go, oh, crap, I am. And you try to decide if you're okay with that or not, right? Yeah. You go, is that something I can... Or you I believe can... it even, right? right? Did you is go that something I can live with? 
And it is, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You've done it for the, your entire life. And then you go, oh, but I have. Mm-hmm. I've done it for my entire life. I didn't just get it. It's not like I caught a cold. Mm-hmm. I've had it. And then you go backwards and you start to look at things and you start to analyze the things that you went through in your life and analyze them as if, what if this bipolar thing has been there the whole time? Mm-hmm. We're going to go over that in another episode. Yeah. Um, it's a real thing. It's, uh, it's I mean, real. I remember the first time I ever felt that feeling was kindergarten. See, don't not, next episode. Okay. So, um, <laughs> save that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so ultimately we wanted to, we were going to wait and just kind of do more like build up to stuff, but because we want to be open and honest with you guys on this channel about how spontaneous things mm-hmm. can be sometimes, um, we and, wanted to let you know immediately yeah. that, you know, even though two days ago we seemed like we were doing just fine, you didn't know that we had had a fight that just that day that was difficult, and you weren't ever ready for the idea that the very next night we were going to end up taking Amy to be assessed at a facility. Mental, mental health facility. Yeah. Um, and so that's how things go. Mm-hmm. That's life in general, and you just got to roll with it. You just have to, but but and but that's what it's all about. Like you have to put together a plan so it doesn't get to the point that you are in a hospital. Right. If but if that's where you need to go, that's where you need to go. Ultimately, we decided yesterday that that's where I needed to go. But we just knew that we had to get more immediate help. We couldn't wait three weeks to get I into a new keep doctor. Down you can't. the road we were, so it wasn't working. This is our big recommendation to you. Thanks for paying attention to us today. I'd like to throw in one more thing. Throw. <laughs> uh, if you don't have a significant other that is what Nick is to me, someone to remind you that it's not who you are, um, find anyone, someone close to you that you can call to remind you of that because that's been a saving grace for me. I have actually about three core people really close and tight to me right now that I just keep heavily leaning on. They're reminding me of that every that's day. Right. And it's been, um, it's been a huge step in the, in the healing process for me. So, The one thing you'll hear us say in every episode that will always be true is that you are not alone. No. And that's why I do. That's why I felt like we needed to share this because sharing it helps. I mean. It helps the healing process. It does. When people reach out to you and they're like, hey, I know exactly what you're going through. Because in and of yourself, you just feel so crazy. I, 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 there's no other way to put it. So you have to have other people tell you that you're not and be there for you and, and let you know that they've been there too and they understand. Yeah. Amy said last night while going through her, or just after, you know, as she started to come down, she said, I feel so alone in this. And I was like, you know that's not true. Go watch episode two. We tell you every single time, you are not alone. You are not alone. You'll feel alone. Amy felt alone. Mm-hmm. And she'll sit here and tell you now, you are not alone. No. I felt alone with five people standing around me that yep. love me. Yep. I because, thought I was alone. Because nobody else can feel what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. But there are people out there who have been through the exact same situation. Something very similar. Those people are out there and ready to talk to you. We are those people. We don't have a direct line to us. Unfortunately, you can't do that. But we're telling you now our story because we want you to know that you're not alone. You're not alone. There are people you can call. There's a phone number at the end of this video that you can call if you don't have anybody else. Call it if you need somebody. You're not alone. Put a plan together. Make sure that you and your loved ones are ready. 
if it's not a significant other that you live with, make it your family or your friends who are closest. Just let everybody know that, you know, if you make a phone call to them, that they have to be ready to jump or whatever that means, right? Put the plan together. Do it for yourself. Start to take care of yourself. We're going to talk next time about how to put that plan together for yourself and how to really focus on the things that could be beneficial for you. I'm not an expert on that either. I'm just going to tell you what works for me. And we're going to talk then later about what's going to work for Amy, because I don't think we've really put that plan together yet no. for you, no. but it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so be ready for all of that. Don't forget, folks, we love you. Uh, we hope that you are having an awesome day. And when you have those tough days, just again, remember, you're not alone. Thanks again for checking us out. We appreciate it. YouTube is an amazing platform, and we appreciate you guys watching us on the YouTube. If you're not watching us and you're listening to this show as a podcast, we appreciate that as well. We've been killing podcasts for a long time, but we think this is a really cool a cool way to kind of be a little therapy for ourselves, but also yeah. get our story out there for folks who might need to hear it. So if you're listening to us on a podcast, we appreciate that as well. Do us a favor, hit subscribe everywhere, whether you're watching us on YouTube or you're listening to us on Spotify or iTunes or Google Play. Um, we definitely appreciate that. Follow us everywhere. We're at Madcap Podcast everywhere. Um, you can also send us an email at madcappodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Uh, we'll do our best to get back to you as quick as we can. Put comments in if you have something to say or you think you want us to touch on something else. We'd be happy to talk about it. All we can talk about is our experience, but we're happy to do so. Um, this stuff is normal. There are millions of people. There are billions of people in the world and millions of people have mental illness in some form or another. Whether it's as severe as the one you have, who can say, but you're not alone in that. There's a whole world of us out here and we're just a few people who are willing to share. Uh, do a little research. Next month is Mental Health Awareness Month. The month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, we're looking into doing something cool. We've got, I've got a buddy named Austin who runs a clothing printing company. We're talking about making some madcap t-shirts um, that we're offering out to everybody and we're going to give all those proceeds to um, a uh, organization of our choosing that's working on mental health stuff. So that's a plan that's in the works. Hopefully we'll get ourselves together and get it done. If not, it's a great idea. Maybe we'll just do it again later down the road. Um, but if you know somebody who is suffering from mental health, do us a favor. Go take care of those guys. We appreciate it. Thanks for watching us. I love you. I love you too, Bob. You're not alone. I know. Neither are you. We'll <laughs> talk to you next time. Thanks for watching Madcap.